SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Wait, Friday, live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, channel 159. That's the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the SportsGrid network as well. That includes sportsgrid.com slash watch. Find your favorite destination to consume everything all across the grid. I am Ben Stevens. This Friday starts off as a football Friday. The first football game of the 2023 season as the NFL preseason kicked off last night in Canton, Ohio with the Hall of Fame game between the New York Jets and the Cleveland Browns. And there's plenty of college football conversation coming your way to start off our second hour. We bring you up until 11 a.m. Eastern time. Conference realignment in a big way, changing the future landscape of college sports led by college football and the economic driving force it has on TV rights revenue. We'll talk about that to start off our number two. Plenty around Major League Baseball as well. History for Shohei Otani yet again last night, but albeit in a losing effort for the Halos. Plenty to get into. Again, 11 a.m. Eastern time. That's when we say goodbye and send you into the weekend live right here on the morning after. So let's start with the Hall of Fame game last night in Canton. The underdogs prevail in their home state. The Cleveland Browns win outright 21-16 as a point-and-a-half underdog, a plus-115 number on the money line for Cleveland. No, Aaron Rodgers was not on the field. No, Deshaun Watson was not orchestrating the offense for Cleveland in his second year in a Browns uniform. Many of the starters, the guys you will see on Sundays in about a month, not on the gridiron last night in Canton. But the guys who were there trying to make an impact and a statement that they can play football at this level for either the Jets, the Browns, or the 30 other NFL clubs that might be impressed by what they bring to the table. And a rookie quarterback in Dorian Thompson-Robinson for Cleveland was certainly the story last night. As you look at the box score for DTR, the rookie QB out of UCLA, 8 of 11, 82 yards, a touchdown through the air, also showing off the athleticism. Six carries for 36 yards on the ground. It was Zach Wilson getting the start for the New York Jets. Kellen Mond got the start for the Cleveland Browns. So the Jets were booked as the favorite. They did not cover or win the game outright. Only a point and a half spread. The total of 33 and a half does go over. Sorry, If you bought it with me and went on the under 21-36, that is 37 combined points over the total last night of 33 and a half. And we saw more opening half scoring than maybe we anticipated. 16 in a hook, that first half total finishing with 23 points. So for the second consecutive year, the Hall of Fame game does go over, but we still have yet to see a Hall of Fame game eclipse the 40-point benchmark since 2013 we mentioned Zach Wilson got the start for the New York Jets he is not playing for that number one QB spot for New York of course that is Aaron Rodgers who spoke with the broadcast in the second half yesterday Zach Wilson pretty much showing us why Zach Wilson is not the future of the franchise in New York last night some flashes of brilliance a 57 yard bomb that really made up most of those 65 yards on his three opening possessions for the New York Jets but Missed some throws that maybe he should have made. He did lead two field goal drives, playing in the first three drives of the game 
for the New York Jets. So the Hall of Fame game, the first football game of the year is in the books. The Browns win outright as a one and a half point underdog, 21-16. The total of 33 and a half does go over. Now we welcome in our Sports Grid radio audience here to a Friday live on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM Channel 159 and all of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the fold as well. I am Ben Stevens. To the bigs, a big day around Major League Baseball. For some that were acquired at or before the trade deadline, Max Scherzer making his debut in Arlington, now a member of the Texas Rangers. And frankly, it got off to a shaky start for Scherz in his first start in Texas. He allowed three earned runs in the opening inning and then went scoreless over his next five. Six innings of work, three earned runs in total, allowing seven hits, but striking out nine as the Rangers do win, like you saw right there. Five to three is nearly a $3 money line favorite with Max Scherzer making his debut in a Rangers uniform. Texas sweeps Chicago in this three-game series against the White Sox. Max Scherzer this year, 10-4 and four, with a 4.04 ERA. Again, if he finishes with an ERA above four, it would be his worst in the last decade. However, a win in his first start as a Texas Ranger. Elsewhere, Jack Flaherty making his debut for Baltimore. The Orioles trying to win a four-game set against their divisional foes in Toronto, booked as an underdog once again. And what do the Orioles continue to do? Win games outright as an underdog. Plus 144 on the money line for Baltimore yesterday in Toronto, a 6-1 victory for the O's. The Orioles have been booked as an underdog in 14 of their last 17 games. They have won outright nine times as a dog in those 14 games. They have the best record in the American League, 25 games north of 567 and 42. And Jack Flaherty was great yesterday in his debut in an Orioles jersey. Six innings of work, only allowing a single earned run. Just four hits, eight strikeouts, sailing over that K-prop you see there of five and a half. Max Scherzer over his strikeout prop in his debut in Arlington. He finished with nine for the Rangers. But we go back to football on this Friday with old K-Dubs. Kevin Walsh joins the show for the outlook of the National Football League up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. A football Friday. Live right here all the morning after on SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. Kevin Walsh, OK Dubs is now here on this Football Friday as well. Why is it a Football Friday? Well, the first football game of the year is now officially in the books. The 2023 NFL preseason kicking off last night in Canton, Ohio for the Hall of Fame game. And a guy that watched every single second and was entertained by his guy DTR because, listen, Kev's a college football guy first and foremost. He is here with us on this Football Friday. Kev, as always... Thank you for being here. I, I, I thank you, for, of course. Uh, excited to be here. There was some pride that I felt, and that I think was born through CFT of watching yeah. DTR go out there and have himself such a delightful preseason debut. 
Sometimes it's not all that difficult to evaluate talent. Is Dorian Thompson Robinson going to be a starting quarterback in the National Football League over his career? Maybe. Is he going to be one of the 15 best in the league? Probably not. But last night in preseason action, DTR 8 of 11, 82 yards, a touchdown toss, also showing off the legs, 36 yards on the ground for the Browns. He led two touchdown drives in the second half. And Cleveland wins outright as a point-and-a-half underdog in the Hall of Fame game, Kevin Walsh. Yeah, the the, the thing for me, and, and I know it's probably unfair for Zach Wilson because it's not like he had a ton of time to work with, Ben, yeah. but the the performance overall I found largely unacceptable. He, yeah. he had one first down conversion. And it was on the 59 or 57-yard pass to Malik Taylor. And look, he flashed the big arm. We know it's there. Great grab by Taylor. But is it really unfair to say that we needed more? And look, Zach Wilson is irrelevant to this season. If Zach Wilson is playing games, that means that things have already gone very, very wrong for the Jets. And there's not going to be anything that Zach Wilson does in preseason where I'm going to say, listen, man, I'm all in on the Jets, whether it's Rodgers or Zach Wilson. That's not going to happen here. But this is, I still think, the guy the Jets hope is their starting quarterback whenever Rodgers hangs it up. So I don't think it's unfair that I ask him to get multiple first downs in three drives in the Hall of Fame game. Yeah. He did lead two scoring drives to field goal conversions for the New York Jets. But as Kev mentioned, a good chunk of those 65 total yards through the air on one pass, a 57-yard bomb. And again, Zach Wilson does have the athletic tools and the arm strength. Really, what you saw out of Zach Wilson last night was the picture of Zach Wilson from his days at BYU, now here in the National Football League. It's about to be year number three for Zach Wilson. Inconsistent, inaccurate, but he gives you some moments where you say, oh boy, That guy's got a cannon. And Kev, that's the important part of last night of this preseason for Zach Wilson and others on the field. They are trying to make a statement to be a part of this roster in New York or for the Cleveland Browns or show other teams around the NFL they have what it takes to compete at this level to earn roster spots and paychecks. Because Kev, that's, I think, the idea now with Zach Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. What a selfless guy he is, taking the $35 million pay cut. And now he has really made sure that everybody in New York knows he wants to be there for multiple years, two to three seasons. I think the New York Jets brass looks at that and says, all right, Zach, you have three years, potentially, to learn under one of the best quarterbacks we have seen in the last two decades in the National Football League to now be the face of the franchise when Aaron departs and Kev, the preseason thus important for Zach Wilson. And, and specifically Zach, though, because as, as I'm sure excited as he is to learn from Rodgers, the dream for Zach Wilson is to be a franchise quarterback. And being told, hey, listen, pal, in three years, we'll revisit it, is not, he's like, man, that's awesome news to hear, right? So if you're Zach Wilson, the only way to expedite you getting back to the chance to be a franchise quarterback is play awesome in the preseason and force someone else to call the Jets to see if they'll trade for you. 
and get, get yourself a little bit of leverage here. So at minimum, even if these aren't important games for the Jets, they are important yeah. for Zach Wilson. I, I saw Ben some people say, like, man, you know, oh, Zach Wilson, why, why is Zach Wilson playing? What are you talking about? Why would Zach Wilson not be playing in these games? There's a better argument for Zach Wilson to play all four quarters, quite frankly, than for him to be stood yeah. there with a clipboard next to Aaron Rodgers. Absolutely so. Why does Tim Boyle need to be there? Well, he's Aaron Rodgers' friend. Chris Steffler, the third of three quarterbacks to play for Gang Green last night. Of course, Kellen Mond got the start for Cleveland, 13 of 19, 92 yards, a touchdown, but an interception. Kev, you're a CFT guy. You're a college football guy. How about Izzy Ah-Ah finding Mm -hmm. pay dirt in his first game in the National Football League? Israel Abenaconda from Pittsburgh, one of the best running backs in college football last year, had a six-tutty game for the Panthers last year in ACC play. Israel Abenaconda was the first touchdown scorer last night in the Hall of Fame game. John Kelly Jr. finding pay dirt for Cleveland. Demetrik Felton as well. And then Austin Watkins Jr., that 22-yard touchdown strike on the receiving end of a pass from Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Look, so Izzy Ah actually has himself important football ahead here as well, though it's, it's tough to tell how much it'll matter. Brees Hall's supposed to be the lead dog. We know that. But the Brees Hall, I got to tell you, they're talking so much about how healthy he is, I'm starting to think he's not healthy. That, that's kind of the way that all the Brees Hall stuff is starting to come off to me. Yeah. I don't think this team is in love with Michael Carter and, nor Zonovan Knight. It's very interesting to see if the Jets ultimately add to this running back room or not. The Dalvin Cook situation, it, it com- I was yeah. completely wrong. I expect him to be uh, signed, sealed, delivered on that football team by the start of this week. So the fact that that's not done is bizarre. Maybe his dream was to just get a hard knocks cameo. Truly puzzling yeah. stuff there. So, it, look, there, there's a world where Israel Abedekanda is going to factor into this football team. Not a massive degree, but to some degree. The way that you just said Israel Abedekanda so smoothly was so... So good for the guy that coined Izzy Ah-Ah to see what Abenaconda did last night is what we saw during his time in college with Pittsburgh. Yeah. Another rookie running back for the Jets yesterday out of USC, Travis Dye. Kev, let me ask you about Dalvin Cook because that's the interesting thing. If you look at the running backs on the roster, Abenaconda probably earns a roster spot with Gang Green this upcoming 2023 NFL season. But we mm-hmm. anticipate at some point Dalvin Cook will be signed by the New York Jets after meeting with the Jets all this past weekend. And by all reports, it went swimmingly. Kev, would adding Dalvin Cook to this New York Jets roster in offense alongside Aaron Rodgers and all the young talent offensively with how stout the defense is, would adding Dalvin Cook specifically change your evaluation of the New York Jets for 2023? I don't think uh, anyone is going to go from I have the Jets to win the division, they add Dalvin Cook, I have the Jets to win the Super Bowl, right? I don't think that it's it's ever going to be that type of leap. But Dalvin Cook is an impact player. Dalvin Cook is not Ezekiel Elliott, right? Dalvin is someone that was moved on from uh, by the Vikings to save some money. Uh, but Zeke was moved on from not only to save money, but because Tony Pollard is better. better. Alexander Madison's yeah. not better than Dalvin Cook. So Cook would be a useful member of this Jets team. But I got to tell you, Ben, I feel like we're back to square one. I don't see why would the Jets have the inside track anymore? They did everything they could. The report was they don't feel like Dalvin Cook's interested in making a deal. I have no idea what Dalvin Cook wants. I don't know if it's money. I don't know if it's workload. I don't know if Dalvin Cook is interested in just joining a team week four. 
I have no idea what Dalvin Cook wants. So what I thought was basically a lock for him to end up as a New York Jet, I don't know anymore. The reason that Dalvin Cook is not in Minneapolis is not because he didn't contribute to the Vikings his past four years or could this upcoming season. It's because by all reports, Dalvin Cook wants a long-term contract extension that, as we know, running backs at the age of 27 don't often garner around the NFL. We'll talk some divisional odds. Up next with Kev here on the Morning app. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. So the first football game of the 2023 season, the NFL preseason, was last night. The Hall of Fame game in Canton, Ohio. Again, the Browns winning outright as a very slight underdog. 21-16 against the New York Jets. So now that football is here, we can even forecast more for 2023. Kevin Walsh is here as well for a second consecutive segment on the morning after to play what's more likely. A couple of options for Kevin to decide between and I'll add some insight where I see fit as well. So Kev, let's look at a couple of divisions in the NFC. The conference as a whole feels very much more up in the air than that of the gauntlet and the competition we expect out of the AFC. And the NFC North has an unlikely favorite, at least based on the past three decades, the Detroit Lions. In the NFC South, had their champion last year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, win the divisional crown with a losing record, and Tom Brady is no longer in Tampa Bay. So, Kev, the NFC North, the Lions, the favorites, plus 145. Last year's divisional title winners, the Minnesota Vikings, who won 13 games, plus 260, the second best number. In the NFC South, the New Orleans Saints with Derek Carr now as their quarterback, booked as the favorites, plus 130. The Falcons, who a lot of people love, that second best price in the NFC South divisional odds at plus 210. So, Kev, what is more likely? The Falcons win the South or the Vikings win the North? For me, it's the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings stuff is so fascinating. Listen, I was right out the front of Minnesota is a fraud, and that was coming off of the win against Buffalo, okay? Yep. And it was proven true uh, time and time again to where it was unanimous. I did not know it would be so unanimous that Minnesota would be booked as if they won seven football games last year. They won 13 games last year. So if this team wins four less games, which is a sizable drop-off, Ben, that would put them at the same exact record as what the Detroit Lions had last season. I think my my point, where I feel right now on Minnesota, is they have a much safer floor than people realize. Kirk Cousins, this polarizing quarterback where nobody trusts him, except we all know he's one of the top 12 quarterbacks in football. The numbers are, are just too good for him not to be, Correct. it's interesting where I almost feel like I'm going to get backed into a corner, a team like the Minnesota Vikings, who the slander was delicious last year, that we're going to have to now praise this team because of the way they're being priced. I completely agree, Kevin Walsh. The Minnesota Vikings won 13 games last year, 13-4, and four, the second-best record in the NFC. Yes, 11 of the 13 regular season wins were by a single score, and it came to be their undoing in that NFC Super Wild Card Weekend playoff game, the opening weekend against the Giants, when New York went on the road and beat 
Minnesota. Now, with that being said, what was the Vikings' biggest issue? Not Kirk Cousins, not a rookie head coach in Kevin O'Connell, certainly not the offensive pieces around Kirk. It was a miserable, and I repeat, miserable defense. A five-week span from week 10 to week 14 where the Vikings gave up more than 400 yards of total offense to their opponent, a historically bad clip in the history of the NFL. So what does Minnesota do to improve the defense? They bring in Brian Flores as the defensive coordinator, one of the best defensive minds in the sport. Just right there, Kev, that should be a large improvement, enough to know that, like you said, the floor is not going to be that significant of a drop-off for the Vikes this year. Yeah, and, and so it's kind of interesting, but the Vikings were terrible last year and won 13 games. Yeah. So the Vikings can get better and win 10 games, right? But that still means they won 10 football games. So it's it, there's room for improvement. The record drops off. But how much do we trust the remainder of the <laughs> NFC North? The interesting thing is we both have uh, NFC North teams that we might sneaky like more than a lot of other people, and neither of them are the Detroit Lions. But they're not the same team. That is very true. Kev, do you like the Vikings more out of the NFC North, or is it the Chicago Bears? No, no, no. See, yeah, I don't know what happened, but somewhere along the way, I became a Jordan Love guy. I am gassed oh, up about the whole Jordan Love experience. Oh, I had a feeling that was going to happen. Yeah. You know, Joe Lisi's a Jordan Love guy. Did you know that? Oh, I'm going to have to recalibrate a couple of things, get into the lab, crunch a couple of numbers. We'll see what's what. Yeah, I think so. I think so. All right, Kev, you were a Jacksonville Jaguars guy last year. You picked no them to win the AFC South. They won five straight to end out the regular season. And, of course, a divisional crown. And then an impressive, historic comeback against the fraudulent Los Angeles Chargers. Down 27-0 <laughs> in the opening half. They win a playoff game in Duval County. So 9-8 and eight last year for Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. The win total this year, 9.5. The over has the juice at minus 144. Pretty substantial juice. They're a $2 favorite to make the postseason. An odds-on favorite around a minus 155 clip to win the AFC South for a second consecutive year. Kev, what is more likely for Jacksonville individually Trevor Lawrence wins the MVP, a 16-to-1 number at this moment. Or Doug Peterson wins NFL Coach of the Year, plus 2,000 at this time. Wow, I mean, you're, you're going to pit two close personal friends of mine, essentially, uh, against yeah. one another uh, in Trevor Lawrence and, and Doug Peterson. So here's, the, here's, the, here's why that question is so difficult. I feel like the pathway for either of those coming true is the same thing, which is the Jags being a 13-win football team. That is what you would need for the Jaguars. Yeah. To, because Doug Peterson can't win Coach of the Year unless they're one of the very best teams in football. And what's really become true recently of this award as well, everyone's like, oh, everyone keeps complaining about this being a quarterback award. I get it. But yeah. it's also becoming very much so a who's the best team in football award. You know, last week I, I, I did the show with Davis, and Davis kind of said, like, oh, it's, it's not fair. Go look at the numbers between Mahomes and Rodgers that, that year they gave it to Rodgers. I'm like, it had nothing – Mahomes was in the middle of a season where people were like, oh, I think Mahomes might stink. Rodgers had, ran away with the best record in football. Do, so, all in all, I'd probably say Doug Peterson, coach of the year. Because if yeah. Jacksonville does win 13 games, I'm not sure anybody's going to have a better case than Doug Peterson. Statistically, someone could still catch uh, Trevor Lawrence on the other side of the equation. 
Kev, quick follow-up. Are the Jags your pick to win the AFC South once again? I got to tell you, they might be, but I certainly won't be encouraging people to bet minus 155 on that football team. They're being priced like they ran away with the division that they largely won because Ryan Tannehill was injured. And that's somebody who who picked them. Look, I'd love to sit here and and victory lap, but I was right. I don't need to lie on top of it, right? So that really factors in. Luckily, Indianapolis is probably a, a mess so this could be a two-team race unless you want to get really excited about C.J. Stroud, which maybe you want to. You know what's really interesting is Trevor Lawrence might be the veteran statesman of the quarterbacks in the AFC South, depending on if Tannehill is the guy in Tennessee moving forward. Because Will Levis, the second pick of the second round in the 2023 NFL Draft, might be the starter by year's end. And we know C.J. Stroud is going to be that week one starter for the Texans. We assume the same for Anthony Richardson in Indianapolis. And of course, Bryce Young in the NFC South, the rookie quarterback who was drafted number one overall for the Carolina Panthers. Kev, we talked about the NFC South, and the reason I think there's a lot of optimism for Atlanta is the guy on the left of your screen, B. John Robinson out of Texas, the do-it-all offensive threat who was drafted eighth overall for the Falcons. He is the favorite to win NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year at 3-1. to one followed by Bryce Young, then Stroud and AR, and then rounding out the top five prices, Jameer Gibbs drafted 12th overall, the running back who can do it all, out of Alabama for the Detroit Lions. So, Kev, what is more likely, a quarterback or a non-QB, wins NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year in 2023? Quarterback, I think it's quarterback by a lot. For me, it's Bijan versus the boys. I am not buying into anybody that is a non-quarterback outside of Robinson, He happens to be the favorite. But where this gets interesting, right? So let's then take those top four guys, if that's kind of how I'm narrowing down the field. The NFC South could be the determining factor. If the Falcons make the playoffs, which clearly some people think they might, or if the Panthers win that division, right, that might matter more than anything else, regardless of statistics. But if this becomes just statistics season, Well, C.J. Stroud might throw for a billion yards with the way the Texans are still supposed to trail in all their games. And, I mean, Mama, there goes that man. I mean, is it just me or is Anthony Richardson lighting up training camp once again? I mean, mean, check your phones. You probably just got another alert that Anthony Richardson is running with the ones. Like, I I understand that Bijan is supposed to be one of the five best players at his position, but I have potentially three quarterbacks starting week one. That might be a lot for him to overcome. And, Kevin, it's a really interesting thing because unlike most awards in football that a quarterback can win, Offensive Rookie (laughs) of the Year has not really gone to a quarterback in the last decade. Only three QBs have won Offensive Rookie of the Year in the last 10 NFL seasons. Why? Because if a rookie quarterback is playing, it's often for a bad team. But Bryce Young's Panthers had the third best price to win the NFC South. And maybe Anthony Richardson does yeah, something do. with a talented Colts team if Jonathan Taylor is there in the AFC South. Quickly here, Kev, one final question for you. NFL single mm-hmm. season all-time record breakers potentially. The passing yards record set by Peyton Manning in 2013. The receiving yards record sent by Megatron. Calvin Johnson back in 2012. What's more likely, someone breaks the passing yards record or the receiving yards record? Both you can bet on on FanDuel. Yeah, receiving record. Uh, Tyreek Hill might have broke it if, if Tua didn't get injured. I mean, he was right there. You look at those numbers with Tua. Yep. Tyreek might have broke And that's with, with Jalen Waddle on the team. Ty, Ty, listen, man, the, the Miami Dolphins are going to continue to light people up. That, that gets very, very interesting, I think, that record this season. 
Justin Jefferson had a shot as well before stumbling yeah. down the stretch slightly in the final two regular season games of 2022. Now Kevin shows you the versatility around Major League Baseball. <laughs> okay, Dubs, up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The day after the day after deadline day in Major League Baseball. That was yesterday. The reason it was important around MLB, some of those new faces and new places that were dealt at or before the deadline made their debuts with their new clubs. Welcome back to this Friday, live right here on the morning after the Daily Diamond Dash to set up the weekend here on SportsGrid. Kevin Walsh back for a third consecutive segment, and I am Ben Stevens. So, Kev, I think one of the biggest acquisitions, of course, at the deadline happened on Saturday evening. The New York Mets dealing Max Scherzer to the Texas Rangers. Mad Max making his debut in Arlington yesterday for Texas. A shaky start. He did allow three earned runs in his opening frame, but then went scoreless over his next five innings of work to record his 10th victory of the year and a victory in his first start for Texas. Five to three as the Rangers pull off the sweep of the White Sox. Kevin, did Texas adding Max Scherzer, knowing that his ERA is still north of four this year, did Texas adding Max Scherzer change your view of the Rangers in terms of a pennant contender in 2023? It's, it's, how, how do they not? How, how does it not grow? Look, I understand Max Scherzer's not had a Cy Young contention type of season for the New York Mets, but Max Scherzer, I thought, was progressing a little bit better. Max Scherzer's a pedigree guy, and sure, maybe it's a little cliche, but you know what? That's a guy I want in my locker room. That's a guy I want a part of my pitching staff when I'm going to go try and win a World Series. It, it just is. And when we look, you know, people often, man, oh, who, who are my frontline pitchers? Well, this team's one, two, three now looks like when fully healthy, Ivaldi, Max Scherzer, Jordan Montgomery. If you're the Rangers with what is the best lineup in baseball, at least statistically, nobody scored more runs, nobody has a better batting average. How, how are the Rangers anything other than incredibly, incredibly legitimate contenders to win this entire thing? I would agree with you, and that's why you go make the move, and that's why we saw the movement for Texas over the weekend, vaulting the Astros in the World Series odds and in the American League pennant prices. And then Houston went out and acquired the other New York Met frontline starter, Justin Verlander, a reunion in Houston. So, Kev, as we look at some of the arms that were available at the deadline and eventually moved prior to it, the headliners, of course, Scherzer for the Rangers, Verlander for the Astros, but Jack Flaherty, sensational in his debut for Baltimore. The Orioles, 25 games above 500, still the best record in the American League. Michael Lorenzen made his debut in Philadelphia. Jordan Montgomery makes his debut for the Rangers tonight. And, of course, some relievers that need to be paid attention to. Paul Seawald for the Arizona yeah. Diamondbacks. So, Kev, as you look up and down the list of the arms that were traded mm-hmm. at the Major League Baseball trade deadline, who do you think makes the biggest impact in the stretch run of the regular season and ultimately in October? Yeah, so, I, 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 listen, I, I think it has to be Justin Verlander because Verlander's familiarity with Houston will allow yep. that team to say, that's our ace, and it be non-controversial, right? 
where and now that everything everyone cares about winning right more, more than more than anything else but sometimes feelings matter and if game number one it's like hey listen Eovaldi's deserve the ball but Max Scherzer's like well hold on a minute I'm Max Scherzer. At the end of the day, Justin Verlander, I, you know, watching the, the Yankees-Astros game, and you see Verlander there on the dugout, and it's like, man, he's yeah. been on the Astros this entire time. There's no way he actually spent a couple of months with the New York Mets. It's it's where he's based. It feels like it's where he's from. It's where he belongs. Right. And it yep. continues to make the Astros a very dangerous team. And we know that the Astros are a dangerous team. I am trying, Ben, not to set a world record for the amount of times I'm going to make the point that the Rays don't deserve to be favorites in the American League, but I will just say, totally. at least for now, and we can expand on it maybe, and I probably will during this segment, both, I think, uh, teams from Texas belong in front of Tampa Bay. Right now, the Rays are the favorites in the American League, plus 320, 10 cents behind the Rangers, plus 330, 30 cents behind that, plus 360, and please start giving credit to the Baltimore Orioles. However, they remain more than three bucks behind at plus 650. You can see how tightly grouped these odds are now with an update even this morning on the FanDuel Sportsbook. So, Kev, let's talk about the two Texas teams, the in-state foes, the divisional rivals, Max Scherzer, for the Texas Rangers. The Rangers now a game and a half advantage for the top spot in the American League West. The Astros going down yesterday in the Bronx to the New York Yankees. Kendall Graveman, who they acquired at the deadline, a reliever from Chicago, did earn the loss in his performance yesterday for Houston, but still only a game and a half difference. So, Kev, let me ask you two questions here. Let's start with the division itself, obviously based on a regular season record. Texas holds a game and a half lead at this moment, booked as the favorites minus 125. First, Kev, between the Astros and the Rangers, who wins the American League West? So for me, it's the Texas Rangers. They have a two-game advantage right now in the loss column. If you look, the strength of schedule for these teams remaining, Ben, virtually identical. Like if you go 1 through 30, the it's it's 19 and 20. Texas and Houston, the, the winning percentage of the remaining opponents, again, essentially the same there. And the big difference maker, they have three games left. Texas is the host team for those three. I would say the Rangers right now wins this division. All right, now let's pay it forward to October. The reigning World Series champions who won two World Series with Justin Verlander on the roster in the past five years. He is now back. Mm -hmm. Kev, who makes a deeper run in playoff baseball come October and perhaps November between Texas and Houston? Yeah, so for me, again, I, I, I take Texas. And mm. I, I think the Rangers' pathway, uh, certainly, again, if, if, if they win the division, they have the bye. So if, if the playoffs started today, the Astros play, apparently God's gift to baseball, the Tampa Bay Rays. Now, I actually think that if that started today, especially with McClanahan IL appearance, the Astros would be favored uh, in that series despite being on the road. But I, I think the it's it's all about path. It's all about path, and if the Rangers win that division, uh, then they are likelier to go further than that Astros group. I think I would give the edge to the Strohs just based on pedigree and kind of trusting the front end of that rotation just a tad bit more. Verlander, Framber Valdez, I have a lot of belief in. And I think Kev Jordan Alvarez makes the biggest difference in anything that the Astros did or did not do around the trade deadline. But I would agree, both Texas teams and the Orioles should be priced in front of of the Tampa Bay Rays, who somehow, some way, remain the favorites at this moment. So, Kev, the Yanks 
get the opening victory in their series against the Houston Astros. No trash cans were brought into Yankee Stadium last night, but still a bit of a rivalry over this weekend. The Yanks, a home underdog once again today. Actually, let me check on those numbers. Yes, a home underdog yet again today with Luis Severino. Kev, I believe if I did my math correctly, only the 13th time this year, the Yankees out of now 61 games have been booked as an underdog at home. The Yanks... A victory yesterday in the opener against Houston. A victory to avoid the sweep in their series in the midweek against the Rays mm-hmm. as well. Because, Kev, they're 8-14 and 14 since July 4th. Not exactly the finest baseball for the Yankees at this moment, but at least back-to-back victories. Yeah, and, and look, the, the Yankees right now have one thing going for them, and that's that Aaron Judge is, is in the lineup. The, the Yankees have yep. won 60% of their games that Aaron Judge has played in this season. There are only two teams that have won more than that this year. That's the Braves and the Orioles. That, that is the full list. You know, the Yankees right now, look, it's, it's an interesting spot, right? Because the tone around the Yankees is, oh, my goodness, I mean, is this the biggest disappointment in baseball? It's not even close, okay? They, they, are, they don't even belong in that conversation. They are five above 500. They are two and a half out of a wild card spot. But it is frustrating for a Yankees team that continually knocked on the door deep into the postseason in the ALCS last year, right, feeling like they were taking a step backwards, But for the New York Yankees, if Judge can stay around and Stanton can keep hitting home runs that look like they are never going to land, and apparently they can... And Anthony Rizzo, so we did this this morning, the concussion stuff with Rizzo. Donnie went through all the numbers because, you know, DRS, he's the best with the baseball numbers. Basically, he's like, look, he's on the MVP trajectory before the whole thing, and then he turned into an awful hitter after it there shame on the Yankees and anybody involved that couldn't figure out that this guy's potentially been concussed since May but if you can get back the Anthony Rizzo that was raking at the plate the Yankees could very well be dangerous the concern is the reason they're a home dog today the rotation today you throw Luis Severino who you hope to be a focal point looks like he doesn't belong in a major league roster right now and of course as we learned earlier this week Domingo Herman, who threw a perfect game this yeah. year for whatever reason is now going to be on the sideline for the rest of the year for the pinstripes. Kev, still two and a half games out. You know who's four games out of a wild card spot in the American League? The Los Angeles Angels. Again, last night, Shohei Otani does something we have never seen in the live ball era in the modern history since 1920 of Major League Baseball. He started the game for the Angels. He threw four innings before he had to leave due to cramps in his right pitching hand, but he was scoreless through four innings. Then he reached base safely four times. Also adding his 40th home run of the year. That's the best in the bigs, and he stole a base. Kev is the only player in the live ball era in the modern history of Major League Baseball, dating back to 1920, to throw at least four scoreless innings, to hit a home run, steal a base, and reach base safely four times in the same game. And who won? The Seattle Mariners. Five to three. Of course they did. Because of a grand salami for the M's in the top of the ninth. Kevin, somewhere Tungsten Arm O'Doyle is smiling. Yeah, look, I got to tell you, man. The, the, the Angel stuff has gone from me having a lot of fun talking about baseball's best player, getting on the move and what returns could be to now being largely angry about this and going to eventually get very annoying to a lot of people i'm sure on this topic because the angels deadline decision to buy was met with ceremony what a great move 
I mean, you have Otani. How could you not buy? Oh, interesting. Did they just get Otani this year? Yeah, the time to buy was when Otani is set to leave in the offseason for nothing. That way you no longer have him or any legitimate prospects within six months. That was the time to buy. Do you know what? You guys do market movement on this show better than anybody. The Angels went backwards after the deadline. Backwards. They are two back of the Seattle Mariners. They're $13 away from the Mariners in the odds to win the American League. The Angels are not booked as a team that could be sneaky scary. They are booked like a team that is the same chance as the Detroit Tigers to make noise in the postseason. And the end result of this all will once again be the Los Angeles Angels missing the playoffs them having no remaining prospects, and we figured out as Steve Cohen was lying to Max Scherzer that he doesn't feel like ever paying anybody again and giving Otani 600 M's to come to the beautiful, the wonderful Queens. Uh, that's what we're going to figure out, BSS. That's what we're going to figure out. The heart of New York City. That's Queens, Amen. New York. By the way, you saw it there. We showed you some World Series odds earlier. The Giants have the 10th best price. It's a 32 to 1 number where the Angels in comparison, 75 to 1. Kev, the Chicago Cubs playing really good baseball at yeah. this moment. They've won 13 of their last 16 games, a series victory over the Reds. They only trail the top spot in the National League Central now by two games. And they're in the thick of the wild card race as well. They're a home underdog against Max Fried making his yep. return for Atlanta. And the Braves today inside Wrigley, Atlanta, the best team in the bigs. They've won five of their last six. All right, Kev, we'll hear from you one final time. Probably another great Shohei Otani rant coming your way as we hear from the public oh, to yeah. end out this opening hour. Up next, live right here on The Morning End. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Routing out this opening out. The morning after live right here on a Friday on SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel 1. 59. That's the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Sports Grid Network, I am Ben Stevens. And the new Sports Grid app just got better. Not only is it available for download at the Apple App Store, if you scan the QR code on your screen, it will also be able to take you to the Play Store as well. It is live there, and make sure our Android users are covered. We got you now. All of our information, all of our insight, in the new Sports Grid app, available on iOS and now at the Play Store as well. Shout out to everybody at the Spiz Grizz for making that a reality here, still in the dog days of summer, but before football season begins. All right, we want to hear from you as we do each and every ending of the opening hour and then get Kevin Walsh's take on what you have to say. We do that right now in Fade the Public. So, Kev, after another phenomenal and historic performance last night out of Shohei Otani, the question at SportsGrid TV on Twitter, will Shohei Otani play for the Angels next season in 2024? He stayed in Anaheim at the deadline, but will he be there to start next season? Yes and no were the two options, and over 69% of the public going with no, 
Shohei Otani will play elsewhere in MLB in 2024. Kev, are you fading the public? Yeah. I mean, I think 30% of people owe Shohei an, an apology. I mean, 30% of people are calling Shohei Otani an outright liar. Because that's what Otani would be to be back on the Angels. If winning is the priority, he's not an Angel. It's that simple. It, it is that simple. What is Otani? Because, ah, maybe Trout will be healthy next year. Even when Trout was healthy, no. it didn't make a difference. It doesn't make a difference. And here's the sneaky part of it all. The Angels shouldn't even sign him. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't work. Just let him go. Why are we spending $600 million to go out there every year and win 74 baseball games? Shohei Otani, welcome to Elsewhere in Major League Baseball in 2024. Kev, thank you. Hour two next.